Amen. I thank you. Well, I tell you what, it's a special day today. One, because it's Father's Day, right? Again, we want to say everybody that's uh, in that role of being a dad. Thank you. Some grandparents, uncles, all that. And some guys, maybe, you know, they just fill in the gap for some dads along the way. And I want to recognize that, too, because I'm going to tell you what, uh, we all need some encouragement. I would say everybody needs a cheerleader. Amen. Now, we don't have to dress up like one, but we can root them on from the sidelines. Right, guys? Amen. Well, today we got a special guest. I think you guys might have seen this fellow around town before. Y'all ever seen my buddy Delegate Gordon the household a little bit around here? Yeah. You wave your hand over there if you have. We're going to have him up here in just a minute. But I tell you what, today, you know who he is today? He's Brother Gordon today. He's here to share about what God's been doing in his life. And, and I just, I'm so grateful for him to take a little time to, to share about that. Because, you know, I, I tell you, this month, it didn't work out that way, but this month is just going to be testimony month. Telling your story. And you know, when I talked to him, he said, man, I'd love to come out anytime. You know, if I can share the story about what God's doing, I'm there. And we thought about what's a good day for that. And I thought, how about Father's Day? Because we're going to see as he shares his testimony and things that he, he's been through and still goes through and, and deals with, that God's arms are long. God's love is deep. Amen. It can reach you right where you're at. Whether you're on the other side of the world or you're downtown Macos and it don't make no difference. God's still God. Isn't he? Amen. So with that being said, I'm going to welcome Brother Gordon on up, and he's going to share with us a little bit, and then I'm going to come on and tackle a little something on the end. You guys, please welcome Brother Gordon. Amen. First of all, I didn't know that you were even here. Uh, I'm glad to know that you're here. I, uh, I'm not going to use this microphone, if that's okay with you. I, I just talk with my hands, and I can't help that. That's just something that I do. Um, golly, I, I am more than thrilled. Um, when I walk through the door and see so many people who, no matter what I've done or what I've tried to do, you've been right there for me. And I want to thank you again. I, I, I just can't adequately find the words to thank you for your support and, and your, your kindness and your words of encouragement over the years. Man, this, this, this is, this is really great. Now, I'm going to step from behind this and tell you a little story. The story starts in 1966. Uh, that's the year I got married. I said that has to be a special, a special year for being a very, very, very special woman. Um, you know, we thought that we were on top of the mountain because we had a, a nice apartment. If you call it the Lynn Burgess apartment, it's nice. But at any rate, we, we had a nice apartment. Uh, we had a nice car. Actually, we had two cars. Joy uh, had one and she drove to work, and I had the other one, and I drove to work. And we were just on a high. Movies every Friday and Saturday night, eight hours all the time. Uh, you, then you could go to the Virginia restaurant for 60 cents a piece. And everybody that, that was a teenager here remembers the, uh, uh, the Virginia restaurant. I was, work, I was doing an electrical apprenticeship with uh, Terry Electric Company, something that I, I never finished because I just didn't finish And a call came from the construction trailer one day, just a loud blast. Gordon, you got a call. I was in a, in a mud pit. The only thing I could call it, some of you would know, that we were about to put the fiber duct in the ground. So that requires digging a big hole and it was muddy and it was raining. I was trying to kind of get out of it for a few minutes. So I went to the phone, it was cool. And she was as upset as I've ever heard her. And, and through, through her, her muffled voice, I could make every word, you could 
and the event started just about this time at the adverse events. I was the only one in the entire brigade that's orders had not been cut when they left uh, to go home on leave. And everybody got 30 days, but not me. I was in the, in the barracks for 26 days by myself, no orders, didn't have to do anything, laying around, watching TV. They didn't have any orders for me. So they finally, the orders finally came through. And they said the same thing that those guys that sat home for 26 days said, going to Vietnam here to the drive to the airport was horrendous. It was horrendous. This this was the telling point, uh, especially between Joy and I. My parents were along. Um, I tell you, I flew this about the day. I cried the whole way to Norfolk. I cried leaving the gate. I cried on the plane all the way to California. I mean, I was that upset about what was going on. I, I didn't want to leave home. I just didn't want to do that. When I arrived at Thompson Air Force Base uh, in Vietnam, they issued us there all the equipment that we would need while we were there. Uh, got on a helicopter and flew for about an hour out to a, a mountain. And on top of this mountain, that I could see it as the helicopter circled the mountain, I could see it. It, uh, it didn't look too bad to me. I mean, there were a lot of bunkers and pretty good ways up in the, up in the air. Um, and these bunkers, they, they line the entire perimeter of the map. So when the helicopter finally let down and, and I got off and there was a sergeant first class and nothing there, and he said, uh, come on in, we're glad to see you. Let me show you where you're going to step. He took me into this bunker that they had built. I was saying that. This is what's beautiful about us. Radio, and that couple had radio, had bumps. I mean, it, it, I said, I had no year here, so I knew that. Just have to just stay awake at night, make sure nobody overruns this place. And I'll be good. An hour later, I've got all of my stuff settled in. He comes back and he said, Kelsey, this is not your group. I said, well, where is my group? And he walked over to the edge of the mountain and he looked down and he said, see those guys down there? That's what you, that's what you need to do. And so I got all my equipment, walked through that red mud all the way to the bottom. And sure enough, there were infantry soldiers there. Most of those guys had just come in from a search and destroy mission. And I'll tell you a little bit about one of those in just a few minutes. And I, again, you know, I was heart sick. Make it on the mountain. I can do that. Now you put me down here where I can surely get you. And, and I'm, I'm telling God, look, you know, we should have some type of arrangement here. I mean, you're going to have to assure me of something somewhere. Keep in mind that, you know, I was raised in the church. I was brought up in the church. I did all the things that little boys do in the church. I was baptized. All those things. And here God is, is, is snatched me from, from my wife, from my family, snatched me from my home, even from my country. And here I am in a place that people die every day. I joined the unit, and 
was with that unit for almost 10 months. Uh, started out with a seasoned uh, warrior of any kind. Uh, I don't think you can come on those. I don't care how long you're around case of combat and those kinds of things. But I did become familiar with, with what we need to do and what I need to do and what I need to pass on to new troops that came in uh, to the unit. We lost them so fast they had a continual supply of young men coming from the United States, and it was very really difficult for them. They were 19 years old, same age as I was when I went. Um, they had no clue what was going on. They didn't know anything about Vietnam unless they you know, saw a protest on TV or something like that. Every day, every day, they kept coming. Every day, we kept losing people. And we don't want to lose people to death. They were maimed, they were burned, they lost legs, they lost arms, some legs and arms. So when you think back on it, my situation, I made out pretty good. I made out pretty good. There were two, two young men that came into my life uh, in Vietnam, and the last name was not important, but one's name was Art, and one's name was Mike. Uh, Art and Mike were very, very new. Uh, to the company. They, they just got there. Um, I remember Art especially because he had a three by, excuse me, an eight by ten picture of his two daughters. One was five and one was three. And every day he would show that picture of his daughter. Mike had, was not married. His mother and father were alive and he was 19 years old. And what Mike did was worry me to death. He, he always wanted, and when I say walk point, husband, you know what that means. When you walk point, you walk out ahead of your column. And actually, I guess you're the guinea pig. Uh, you know, you didn't want to get anybody else. But everybody took their turn doing that. We were assigned one afternoon, a search and destroy mission on a mountain that was supposed to contain 1,500 North Vietnamese soldiers, regulars. These weren't Viet Cong, these weren't people that uh, just fought on the weekends. These were people that were seasoned trained. And I can show you that they were ready. Mark and, I, uh, Mark and Art and Mike, uh, I think they adapted very, very quickly. Uh, one thing that they saw that I wish they hadn't had to see was the day before we went up this this mountain. We, uh, we were just moving through the jungle. I was on a point that day. And we came out of, out of the woods and into a clearing. There were four, or four Vietnamese regular soldiers standing maybe as far as from where I am across the street. One of them had some binoculars and he looked, he looked across the river. It wasn't a deep river. I mean, could have walked across it. I had any idea what he was looking for. Why he could hear us on the day, or why they didn't hear us on the day. When my training just kicked in, when I saw them, the little switch on the M16, it goes from single shot to automatic. And it was that quick that my thumb hit the automatic and just started firing. All of them dropped to the ground. All of them were hit. Three of them did instantly, and there was one that had crawled into a hole. And while the next step that I took was very, very difficult for me, it was 
was time that I actually looked at a man and took his life. And I, I regret that to this day. Especially when he was in a hole, he was trying to bandage himself up. He'd been hit at least twice, maybe three times. And he was, he was had a knot, just, just trying to take care of his wound. Same thing I would have done, uh, had I been able to. He uh, kind of looked at me and, and you know, I thought, you know, this is reversed. He killed me right here. And so one little shot, and, and he was dead. Prior, what you did after, after something like that was search the bodies, I would not have known what their master said. I don't know, I don't know their language. I didn't know what anything I may have gotten off of this particular young man would have been. But one thing sticks in my mind. His helmet was laying upside down. And I grabbed his helmet and I looked at it. And in the very top, a picture of the most beautiful Vietnamese girl I've ever seen in my whole life. And I, I just sat down. Man, is this his wife? His sister? Cousin? And I just had the life of somebody who didn't even want to be there. And now he's gone. And this beautiful woman is where she is. And the rest of her life is the salt shot. We, uh, we finished that, that mission that day. And we went in early and prepared for the assault the next morning when we telling you about. We, uh, we got an early start because we figured it would be a two-day campaign to get up to the top of this mountain to engage what we thought were 1,500 or 1,500 By the way, we were a company of about 45 men. That's the form. I got that from the top and they thought we could we could beat it even over four to one. But uh, at any rate, we started up the mountain. Mike worried me again that morning about walking forward. He wanted to walk forward in the worst kind of way. It was my day. It was my day to do it. And I finally gave in to Mike and, and, and a poor man who carried a 12-day shotgun. And so what I did, I took the shotgun and gave it to Mike. I said, please don't worry me anymore. Here's the shotgun. And, um, I'll get behind the ark, the ark follows you, and let's go. So we did. Probably a third of the way up this mountain, because we were spaced, there were units on, there was a trail, units on this side, units on this side, and the trail. This side of the trail is where our, our fellows started to get booty traps, and uh, there was a really active booty trap in Vietnam that was used a lot. It was called a bounce of Eddie, and what you did, you stepped on it, and your foot came off of it, it would come up like this high, and it explode. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Um, we asked the fellows that, that stepped on and, and were killed, we had to back down a little bit and wait for them. They were evacuated, their bodies were evacuated, and then we, uh, we moved on. That afternoon, um, we, we were nearly nearly to the top. We thought it would take two days, and we, we were all, had almost done it in the day's time. This, this, is, this is the part of the story where God becomes very active in my life. Uh, none of these things could have happened if he hadn't been right there. None of them. Because I, if I relate those two, you will know. 
we uh we we all moved back on the trail and, and, and we were moving upward towards the deep of the mountain. And it was shot. I didn't know whether it was one of our folks or whether it was one of their folks, but uh, your training told you to get on the ground pretty quickly. So we did. Mike was as far as from me to that wall. And he turned around and looked at me. That's to say, what do I do? What do I do now? And his, act, his face just went ashen. It was, it was, it was a, a gray, ashen color. You get shot in the back and the guy is 19 years old. There was nothing that we could do for him because we were, we were pinned down. There's nothing we could do. We had been caught in a horseshoe ambush. Mike was there. Both we had the knees were all around us. There's no way to get out. We walked in it. We didn't know it. We had to deal with it. I asked Forrest, I said, did you know where that came from? He said, I think it came from our right. I said, well, we need to get up there and see what, what this is all about. So we turned to go up to the right. We had crawled maybe 10 feet. I heard the shot. They say they stuck good shot to each. This one didn't hit me, but I, but I did know then that it hit hard. And not only had it hit him, but it killed him this time. Right, right through his head. And Mark was, was a fairly large guy. And thank, he said, well, you don't thank God for that thing. I said, I do. Because his, his body was situated in such a manner that it was the only cover that I had. When it, there was no trees there, trees this big around, but they weren't, they weren't covered. I mean, we were being fired at from both sides. And, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. So for three and a half to four hours, that's where I stayed. Right behind Forrest and Clyde. The company commander decided that after three or four hours that we were going to pull out of that situation one, one person at a time. And because Mike was dead, Mark was dead, I was the last one to be pulled out. I took off all my equipment and I started to run, just like all the rest of the guys. Uh, probably broke uh, some people. I tried to get out of there. But at any rate, as, as, I, as I tried to run, I was firing up my left. First bullet hit me in the side, knocked me down. I felt like this. Did that hurt? I said, No, it wasn't good. It really did. It wasn't a lot of blood. Seriously, it wasn't a lot of blood. It, wasn't, it, it was not. Went in here and came down and somewhere. Uh, he did knock me down. I got up, I grabbed my M16, I took off again, and this next one hit me in the left arm. Spun me around, lost my M16, and that one hurt. Because when we went through it, it the nerves and, and all of those things with it, so there was just raw ending to the nerves and left there. But the serious part about it was it was bleeding. Every time my heart would beat, being in that situation, your heart is just racing. The blood would just gush on me all. I could see it in the sand. I could see it in the dirt. It was, it was all around me, and, and the ground was soaking it up. So, well, you know, I, I, this, this is it. Yeah, I'm going to die right here. I'm sure it was 
believe that the life of the started to crawl again, very, very slowly. Every time I crawl, one, one face, um, the blood oozes out of my body. I rolled over on my back and I, you know, I just kept telling myself, you know, get ready because one or two things are going to happen. They're going to shoot you or you're going to bleed you there on the street. 40,000 miles away. So crawling became my end. And that it was causing me to lose a lot of blood that I needed to be able to get back to where the country was, to get back to where the safe zone. I continue to get weaker and continue to get weaker. And every one of you have known the sensation of passing out or painting or maybe about to do one of those things. But that's how I felt. Uh, I don't know how much blood I've walked through the I turned over on my back, waiting really for the end of the car. And when I rolled over on my back, I noticed from this eye right here that there was something in, in front of me. And so I rolled back on, on my stomach, and right in front of me was a bandage. It could not have been, it could, just, it's impossible for it to be there. These bandages, each serviceman carrier, were about this big. They were World War II vintage. They've been wrapped up in a package since World War II. Yeah, they were sterile. They were very difficult to get to. You had to take them off of, of your gear. You had to open it. You had to pull it out. You had to open that. And you had to almost iron it to make it work.
Trinity, got involved in the men's form. I couldn't send a letter, but I was in there and thought that was something that was good that I was doing. But that's pretty much as far as it went. Three months ago, Joy and I were sitting at the bar at our breakfast bar, no.
seven days, the book was done. Uh, out there on the shields, he was drawing some um, pictures of what he thought would be a great cover. And I turned around, and I turned around, I bumped into a stack of feathers that he had. They were about that high. What do you think fell on the floor first? That right there. That's a picture that he took of a wild wolf boy. When I looked at it, that's, that's a couple. There it is. And the rest of my friend sister. I uh, I never I never went about telling that story. I you know, a lot of folks went through a lot more than I did. And it's still going through today. Um, I'm one of the blessed ones that everything fell into place because that's the way God did Do you think four years ago that I would come here and mention the word of God? I changed churches one time and I noticed everybody in the church had the phonetic church. They had a Bible. You care about the church. You need one right there. The, you know, right there in front of me. And if I wanted to look at it, I could read that. First time I carried the Bible, at that church, I carried it just like that. Just like that. Shame of it. Shame of the Bible. That's not true to me. It all, all came from this. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I make, I make my mistakes on a daily basis. But the one thing that I am convinced of God was on that trail. No question. Standing right there. And he, the bandage was his. He put that bandage there. Nobody was near me. Everybody around me was dead. They could not have opened that bandage. The miracles just kept happening, happening, happening. And she was dead. But who, who is blessed with all the faces I look at you? That's some kind of interaction. I mean, sincere love and dedication to strength. And that, that's, that's not something that I had in my genes. You know? Something that I taught. So I don't know what, what he's got in his story next, but I can tell you this. If anybody wants to hear their story and ask me, I'm going to go with that. Tell me the cause. I promise that I do it. I'm actually more be concerned now. I don't do it. What, what's that? <laughs> now, I told him, I said, I'm going to tell it. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We've been very blessed with the book. Uh, the book is, is hopefully it's going to help a lot of us. Uh, we're looking at the uh, Woody Warrior Project. We're looking at uh, uh, the, the uh, Children's Hospital. So what? I'm going to look right here. Thank you. There are folks here that the book does well. That's going to be that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. And we would do it so that you know we don't, we don't want people knowing the proceeds from a book. Um, or some of them go. Some of the proceeds have to go to paying for the book. But um, not all of not all of us. So that's today we're performing. Uh, that's my story, and it's 
clearly, clearly put as I know how to do it. And there were some miraculous things that happened that day and since that day uh, in my life. And I know now that half of the path that I'm on now is inspired by it. He's word from inspired. I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. And, and uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know if any of these people you or maybe already has, but I wish you didn't have it. It's been back with the senator around 25 years. It's a long time. And we've had some discussions about that. But, uh, not an argument. I'm not arguing with him, but, but I have asked him, you know, why did he wait 25 years? And then we know that he, he does things that he's doing. But this was a good thing. And, I, and I'm very proud of it. I'm proud that he, uh, you know, that he inspired the words. Uh, and had not been for those days, the book wouldn't be here. So it wouldn't touch anybody. The all work that So your attention was great. I appreciate it. Um, uh, just again, just a joy to see all the folks here been there for me throughout my whole life in this city. And I am amazed um, with the love and the passion that you have over the years. showed me this week when I was I was just thinking, Lord, you know, how do you want us to work this? And, and, and Lord, Lord, I, I appreciate you taking time and sharing your story and giving God all the glory because that's what we do here at Keep the Promise. And uh, there was a few things I wanted to hit, but you know what? I got a, I got a whole other sermon right here today. Isn't that something? Because I'm going to tell you, God speaks through his people, amen? God speaks through his people all the time. But this is a couple of things I just want to hit and you might see it next week, but I, I want to I show you things. I, I kind of I read, I, I read the book, went by on my motorcycle when he was weed-eating, stopped everything. You know what he did? Shut it down. Hey, Bo, what's going on? I said, man, I read the book. You think you might want to tell your story? He said, you tell me when. And here we are. So I'm grateful for that. He's keeping his promise, isn't he? But, you know, as I looked through that, I said, Lord, now, you know, he's going to tell his story and everything, and that's his story, but, you know, uh, and we both want the same thing. We want people to look to you. And the Lord showed me something here, and I'm going I'm to share that with you, about a testimony. Take a look at this. I went back, and the Lord showed me this. He said, there's going to be three things when somebody shares a testimony, right? Three things. He said, one, it's going it's to bring glory to God. Number two, it's going to grow our faith. And number three, it's going to bring others closer to God. So I wrote that down. I said, man, this is great. I got an outline. We're ready to roll. And then I opened the book up. I looked in the front. This is right out of what he wrote here. I want you to see this. And also, I want to tell you this, that you can get this at what, Amazon.com. You can swing by his house. If you need to get some, we'll get some in here, all right? Because we want you to, to, to be blessed with this. 
Because we know that uh, God will use that and God has used that. See, now I'm, I'm going to give you a little something here to think about. See, see that red guitar over there? I call it my six-string crowbar. This is your crowbar. This is your crowbar to open up the Word of God for people. Use it, brother. You're using it and doing it in a mighty way. I think that's powerful. That's awesome, isn't it? Well, look, at, look what he wrote. He said, I pen the words of this book for one reason and one reason only. And that is to share with as many people as I can what God did for me. I said, well, Lord, that's what you just said. It'll bring glory to you. See, I know what you're talking about when you grab that pen. and got, You're holding the pen, but God's doing the right. Let me tell you, that's how God works. If we get out of the way, you'll be surprised what God will do. Amen? So I went on and I said, isn't that amazing, man? I just, the first thing is uh, the testimony. You know? See, the testimony is, is, is you sharing what God's done in your life. And I don't want to hit a few things here. The, the next thing I start looking at, I read on down a little bit more, further, and, and I said, my goodness, he, he's filling in the blanks what God just told me. And the next part on the bottom part of that page, he says, this, he says, look at this. This just blew off the page to me after the Lord gave me this outline. He said, I seek only one accomplishment through the words on these pages of this book, that hopefully someone will read what happened to me and know that God has no favorites. Isn't that powerful? See, it's all level at the cross, man. It's all level at the cross. It's not how, how, how good you look, how fast you can run, any of those things. It's all level at the cross, amen. Jesus made it level at the cross. We just got to receive it. And it goes on and says, you see, what he did for me, he will do for anyone. You know, I tell you all every week, I said, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we follow up on that in Romans 10, 13, and he says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what? I thought that was kind of neat that he said, you see what he did for me, he will do for anybody. Anyone. He said, I'm thankful to anyone who acquires this book, and I pray my story will bring you closer to God than you ever have been. Did you see those three points in there? What did God tell me? He said, a testimony will always have these three things. It will bring glory to God. Thank you, brother. It will grow your faith. Did anybody get encouraged today? And then lastly, he told me, he said, it will bring you closer to God. I pray that you, did God show up in here today? Amen. See, we carry him everywhere we go when we're a believer in Jesus Christ. We ask the Lord to come into our, to our life for forgiveness of our sin. See, a lot of times you'll sit in church, you'll sit there 30 days, 30 years, whatever you want to do. But if you don't hear the saving message of what Jesus Christ did, it's just head knowledge. We're here to make it heart knowledge. We're here to give you the pieces of the puzzle and say, you know what? Jesus loved you so much. What does the Bible say? While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. I can grab hold of that. Because just like I said, we're not perfect. We're following the one who is, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's the whole story. It's about what God's doing and how God works through his people. I want to tell you something else. You don't have to go to the other side of the world to have a testimony. Amen? Because what's happening in your life is just as big, just as miraculous, just as amazing. See, when you ask the Lord to come into your life, you pass from death to life. He said, if any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. See, that's that new birth. That's God saying, you know what? He's mine. She's mine. Set right here. That our sin separates us from an awesome and holy God. But through his perfect sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, whosoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Right? And we know that it's only one way. How many know there's a lot of roads out there? There's a lot of religion out there. So we preach relationship. It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he says, you know what? You put your faith and trust in me. 
I'll save you and I'll secure you. Now what I want you to hear is this. Does that mean you never have any trouble? Nope. Means you don't go through them alone though. Amen. Let me tell you, God is for real. And I, I, I tell you, just sharing a few things there. And I, I just want to pull in a little progress report. Can I give you a progress report on what's going on? See, this, this is so cool. Gordon said, he said, I didn't even know y'all were here. Well, you know what? God does. And now he does. I hope he comes back with some friends and family. And I appreciate him bringing his family. Amen. But you know what? What do I say a lot? Little is much when Jesus is in it. Amen. I'll give you a little progress report. Take a look at this. You know, We've got a website, and Tim, uh, about a year ago, he put a, 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 together an app, Keep the Promise app. KTP stands for Keep the Promise. We're keeping a promise ourselves. About 15 years ago, a guy on his deathbed made me, made me say, promise, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing, keep telling them what's going on. Keep playing that guitar. And I tried to run from him. The guy set me down one day, just like you did that book, he gave me a song called Keep the Promise. I would have never thought, almost 15 years ago, from a man on his deathbed, whispering the words that God gave him to me, that we'd have all these people sitting in here today, amen? You just don't know. I'm going to tell you what. Be listening to the prompting of that voice. And you'll know who it is, amen? It's not bad pizza. <laughs> it's not something else. A lot of times people go, well, did I really hear that? Let me tell you how you know you, when you really hear the voice of God. It will always line up with his word, amen? It will always line up with his word. Well, what do we got here? Well, you know what? I say little as much when Jesus is in it, right? Well, through the apps and all the smartphones and all those things, I said, Tim, give me, give me an update on what's going on. Right here, right today, by the end of the day, we'll have this posted on the website and it'll be out when you get it on your smartphone. So let me tell you today, as you kept your promise to the Lord, there's people in the United States, India, Lebanon, what else have we got there? China, Jamaica, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, United Kingdom, Bulgaria, Germany, Ukraine, Nigeria, and South Africa. They're probably going to be listening to your story tonight. Isn't that amazing? Give the Lord a hand clap. See, that's how God works things together. I call it spokes in the wheel for Jesus. See, this gift, that gift, your gift, her gift, his gift. What gift has God placed in you? Now, I'm going to tell you right off the cuff when he was talking, I said, my gosh, look at this. He said, you know what? When we started out, me and Joe was on top of the world. You ever felt like you're on top of the world? On top of the world. God's higher than the world, amen? But that changed, didn't it? One phone call from the miry muck here all the way on the other side of the world. I said, isn't that amazing? And you know what? Sometimes we get in that comfort zone, don't we? Things change, didn't it, brother? In an instant. In an instant. But God didn't change, did he? God never changed. Even when we put God in the headlock and said, well, you're not on my team. God said, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I've always been on your team. You got a problem with whose team I'm on? Look to the cross. Jesus is the head's coach, amen? Let's keep on on. He said, you know what? All he wanted to do is go home. See, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're just passing through this place. But I pray that you know that you know that you know through a personal relationship with Christ, calling on the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, See, we can't be good enough, can't do enough, can't look pretty enough, all those things to get into heaven. It's only through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ that us putting our faith and trust in that. But he had the desire to go home. Let me tell you, when you finish here, you had the desire to go home, to be in the presence of God. I know I do. And I pray that each one of us here are secure in that from calling on the name of the Lord. And he said, you know, when he was walking down that road, it was a long road. You know, some of us walking through here at some time or another, I'll say all of us, 
That road gets long. You know, Jesse used to ask me when he was real little. He said, Dad, I know no man knows when God's coming back. You preach that all the time. I said, you're right, man. He said, but Dad, when, when, when do you think he's coming back? I said, 24 hours closer than yesterday. That's all I got. It could be today. It could be right now. It's not when he's coming back or if he's coming back. Are you ready when he comes back? How do you get ready? You call on the name of Jesus. Amen. So you know that when you, we've got a secure home in heaven. I thought about this. He said when he was there, he said there was death every day. You know, I, I did some research one time and they say 150,000 people die a day here. 150,000 people. Now, if you break that down with my Kikatan mouth, I'd have to take my shoes off to do it. But I don't know in an hour how many people thought probably passed away a lot. And many of them are going straight to hell. You say, oh my gosh, what do you mean? What do you say that for? Because that's the truth. If you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible's very clear. He says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So don't leave here today without saying, Lord, I need you. Amen? Because he'll do in your life. Just like he will with anybody. He says, you'll forget your mind. Now that's a happy father's day, amen, when we come home to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a few other things. He said, you know, sometimes when we get wounded, that guy was wounded, right? He said he crawled in a hole. You might be wounded by something somebody said at church. You might be wounded by something your mama said. You might be wounded by something your dad did. I don't know, but God does. And you want to crawl in that hole. I'm going to tell you what, crawl out of the hole and look to the Lord Jesus, amen. Look to his forgiveness. And see, a lot of times... It's not just forgiving others, but you need to forgive yourself, amen? What I say every week, I'm preaching to me first, man. I'm preaching to me first. And let me tell you, forgiveness is something we can talk about all the time. And I had a few more notes in here. He talked about when he was wounded, his blood was pouring out. So I was listening close, man. I was right there with the brother. He said every time he was walking, every time he was crawling, his heart beat and blood came out. I want to tell you today, every time the heart of Jesus beat, He's thinking of you because he poured his blood out for me and you. The perfect sacrifice. That's the heartbeat from heaven. I pray if you're sitting here today and you got that tug on you, it's like, man, you know, sometimes we're here, it's like, wow, my eyes are watering up. Sometimes we're here, it's like, man, you know, I, there's an urgency. Hey, man, I got to get back in the game. You know what? If you've missed the mark, get back in. That's what he calls grace. God's riches is Christ's expense. He paid way too high a price for you to stay in the home. He made you whole. W-H-O-L-E. And what he did in Jesus Christ. I was coming down here. And I thought about that bandage he talked about. I thought about that bandage. He said, man, how, how could this be? How could this be in the middle of this road? But he still had a choice. Could he believe it? Would he take it? Would he apply it? This is right in the middle of the road today. Right in the middle of the road today. No matter what country they're in, I'm going to line that baby right up. No matter what country they're in, what situation you're in, what you've done, what you've been, where you've been, what the neighbors say, that's not just a bandage. That's a Savior, amen? That's the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to ask you right now, I'm going to bring this to a close. I had no idea that I was going to get that message out of there, my friend, but I appreciate it. God's on the move. But I'm going to tell you what. Is God the centerpiece of your life? Is God the centerpiece of your life? You say, well, what do you mean? 
I go to church. What did my buddy say? He did too. Right? But it comes down to the personal issue. Have you ever asked the Lord to come into your life and forgive you of your sin? I think that's what it's all about. If you're here today, I want you to hear a few things. Jesus loves you. And he loves you right the way you are. And he loves you so much that he left heaven and paid a debt he didn't know because we had a debt we couldn't pay. See, there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. There had to be a perfect sacrifice. He was a perfect sacrifice. That's the way God set it up. But God provided as well. God's a provider. Is God a provider, amen? Let me tell you, I want you to leave here today to understand it. You know what? I, I, I love it, you know. The day God showed up, I pray today. You say, you know what? God showed up today in good fashion. Through the testimony, through the story, through the praises, through maybe even somebody helping you in and out today. I'm going to tell you what. God's for real, and He loves you right the way you are. And if you ever doubt that, look to the cross. And when you look to the cross and you grab hold of that by faith and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm just going to hold on to this. People say all the time, buddy, you think you go to heaven when you die? I say, oh, absolutely. Talked to a lady yesterday when we were eating at a restaurant. Talked about Jesus a little bit. I said, absolutely. And you know what they say? Oh, because well, you're a preacher. No. Because you're a nice guy. No. Because I'm putting my faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's it. It's not a cross plus. It's not a cross plus good works. It's not a cross plus giving. But I'm going to tell you what, when you wrap your love and arms around this thing, that sacrifice, It'll transform your life. Hey, there's still things we got to work on, but God don't leave you. See, when he comes into our life, listen to this. He says, while you were yet sinners, Christ died. He says, listen to this. It's by grace you've been saved through faith, not that of yourself. It's a gift. I can bring you a gift and you can keep it under your bed. Right? I can write you a check and you can keep it in your pocket. It won't do you any good. Today, I pray that you cash in. ask you to close your eyes and open your hearts. Father God, I thank you so much for what you've done. I thank you so much for the shed blood on the cross. I thank you for my brother Gordon today sharing what you did in his life. And I pray that each one knows here that you know what, whether they've been on the other side of the world, whether it's the other side of the parking lot, whether it's right here, right now, you're ready to do business with them. Through your love, through your grace, through your mercy. Unconditional love. So if you're sitting here today, don't think you're here just by, by chance. See, we pray week after week, day after day. The Lord, open the doors and bring the folks in. Just like she said, open the floodgates of heaven. I pray today that the grace of God touches your heart and you hear that voice. Come to me. Come to me. So if you're here today and you say, buddy, I'm not sure if I took my last breath today, if I go to heaven or not. Well, guess what? You're in the right place because we're going to tell you again. The Bible's very clear what it takes to have a relationship with the Lord. What it takes to come into His presence. It took a perfect sacrifice. His name is Jesus. And we point to the cross, but let me tell you, look at that and think about this. He rose on the third day. We serve a living, risen Savior, and the victory is His. So if you're here today, and you're not sure, I want you to know. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... Believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. You will be saved. Make it personal today. Lord, come into my life. I've been to church. I've been up. I've been down. I've been everywhere else. I, I need you. And God says, you know what?
bless you today. I pray you just look up here so I can continue to pray for you. And tell somebody today, say, you know what? God transformed my life today. Does that mean you never have problems? Does that mean everything's going to be rosy, rosy, rosy? No, but I can tell you what. God will never leave you, never forsake you. I'm going to tell you what. In heaven, assured to be your home. Look into the Word. I want to encourage you to read the Word of God every day. I want to encourage you to listen to the, the webcast and the podcast and things. There's no reason in this whole world that we can't get close to Jesus. If he came all the way to heaven to pay the price to me and you, we should at least grab all of that. Now, if you're here today and you say, man, I, buddy, I know that. And I've asked the Lord in my heart. Now, I've just done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Guess what? We're in the same boat. You're in the right place. Amen. Get back on picture what he was telling us, what he was telling us. He said there were people on this side and people on that side. It was almost like a horseshoe. And he was going up the middle. And I, 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 I can't even imagine that. But there's folks in here that are going right down the middle of their life going, oh, where are you? Wait for you to call. That doesn't mean you're going to have a spark shoot at your fingertips. That doesn't mean any of those things. But it means God's word is true. Amen. He's not a man that he's alive. And those promises in the word So I pray today, Lord, for each one here. I pray for myself. I pray for my friends. I pray for our communities. I pray for this, this, this whole United States and beyond. Father, today, reveal yourself to us, Lord. Help us to walk in your goodness and your grace, Father. May today transform somebody's life by the power of your love and the truth of your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Man, I'm so thankful to say that. Mm -mm -mm. Well, you know... We love to send you out with a song. And nobody don't, don't have to rush out after the song. If you want to talk to Brother Gordon, we're going we're gonna to put him over to one spot there so he can't get out and you can talk to him. But remember, it's Father's Day. He probably want to go home and barbecue or something. <laughs> but we all going to send you out with a song. And uh, this is a song that Miss Tanya put together a while back. And, it, and it's really encouraging. I said, would you sing that song today? And, and you know, it's, it's do not hide. See, a lot of times we hide from God. We hide from God. We get in that hole. We, we walk away. But I'm going to tell you what. God's good. Amen. And he's here to meet you. Let's stand and praise the Lord. All right?